1: Hallelujah! Oh, you don't, your image does not look like some people who are excited. Hallelujah! Yes! It's a wonderful Sunday morning for us here at Legon. Amen! You can see all the things that we have gone through already. And uh, this morning, God has given us a wonderful lady of God to speak to us. Yeah, oh yeah, give it to the Lord, give it to the Lord, give it to the Lord. I have been listening to her on the radio every Saturday morning, I am able to make it. Saturday morning at 9 a.m., if you open to Sweet Melodies 94.3, you'll hear her speak. So there's no end to the messages that you can get. Hallelujah! Yes. But this morning, we have among us the wife of our own bishop. Bishop that he was miss, the presiding bishop of Lighthouse Chapel International. Yes. You know, bishop has been here a number of times to bless us. And this blessing won't be different. Amen! She is actually an international conference speaker and in addition has a special uh, ministry uh, to women called Daughters You You Can Make It. I see some people already telling me what I need to say. Thank you very much. Then also the president of called by his side ministry. This is a special one to Uh, uh, the pastor's wives and in addition also she is the president of Compassion International Ministry which is a ministry to prisoners can you imagine that give a hand clap to Jesus Lady Reverend Adelaide Howard Mills is a mother of four children (laughs) brothers and sisters here is our speaker this morning Lady, Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. You are welcome, Madam.
2: Hallelujah. Thank you so much for all your appreciation. But if that clap was for me, forget about me and give a resounding applause to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, he who sits on the circle of the earth, The God who never changes, give it to him, give it to him. All the adoration, all the praise. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Shall we bow our heads for prayer? Father, thank you so much for the privilege of being in your presence this morning. Your word says that unto you shall the gathering of all these people be. Lord, thank you that we are confident that you are here with us. This morning we subject ourselves to you. Let your Holy Spirit have the preeminence. Lord, cleanse this vessel and let it speak us of the oracles of God. Let the Spirit of the Father speak through these vessels and these lips of clay, Lord. And let the word of God not come back void, but let it accomplish that for which it is being sent. I come against every resistance to the word of God. I pull down everything that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. And I lift up the knowledge of Jesus. And I say that this word shall fall on good soil and yield much fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Please take your seats. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm very excited to be here this morning. I always say that Legon holds a lot of wonderful memories for me because I was privileged to have come to this wonderful premier and only university in my view. <laughs> Amen. You have University of Ghana and then the rest. Do you understand? Yeah. And then also, I have good memories of being here because by the grace of God, when I look back, I have no regrets. I don't think that, oh, what type of life did I live here? Or did I labor for God enough? Or was it wasted years? By the grace of God, it was no such thing. So I give God the glory, and I pray that you two will have the same story. Amen. And then, last but not the least, this is where I met my husband. It's very fertile ground to find your future partner. Brothers, amen. Amen. When you leave these walls and you go into the working world, it's not that you will not find a beloved, but it's not as easy. And then I find that having found my beloved here, you have the privilege of seeing the person in all the shades and seasons. When you go to the person's room, she just woke up, no makeup. That's how it is when you marry. Amen? When you Eat. You just eat whatever you have. But when you start working, you become MD, You become this. You are not even sure why the person wants to marry you. Amen? And most of you brothers, you are very lanky, skinny sisters. Don't worry. Marriage will improve them. Amen? <laughs> so may God cause you to have eyes for the future. But that's not what we are talking about this morning. That was an aside. This morning, I've been given the topic, Discipled to Make Disciples. Discipled to Make Disciples. Now, turn your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 28. And I hope to God that you brought your Bibles. Amen? It's the most important book in your life. No matter what you are learning, what you are becoming, if you don't have a Bible, hmm. When the devil comes knocking at your door, it's not the constitution of Ghana. Hmm. It's not what your mother told you. It's what the word of God says that will save you. So whilst you are here, immerse yourself in the word of God. Amen. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 19. It says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Now verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Now, many of us know this verse, and especially the part that says that, and lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. But that is just a suffix. There's a prefix that you should do this, 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 and then teach them to observe whatsoever I commanded you. And then, and lo, I'm with you. Amen? So, we have to accomplish the prefix of the suffix. Amen? There's something that precedes the and lo, I'm with you to the end of the earth. It is when you are in obedience to God that he's with you to the end of the world. So Jesus first of all said, all power in heaven and on earth is given to me. Go ye therefore. Because he knows that to make disciples, you are powerless without the power of God. Amen. And he says that we should go and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And it doesn't end there, teaching them to observe whatsoever I have commanded you. Now, this is often known as the Great Commission. And what has happened is that we are supposed to be discipled. We are supposed to be followed up. We are supposed to be nurtured so that we grow. And then when we grow, we are also supposed to Bear fruit after our own kind. We are supposed to also be fruitful, you know. But the Christians of today don't make disciples. And Jesus said, go ye into all the world and make disciples. It means that disciples don't just happen by circumstances, by coincidence, and just by chance. It is a conscious effort that we need to make disciples. Amen? If something has to be made, it has to be manufactured. If something has to be made, it has to be intentional. If something has to be made, it has to go through processes. So if Jesus said make disciples, then we need to make an intentional effort to make disciples. Now, I think that our generation was very well discipled. But I'm not sure whether we or you, I'm another generation, have produced the type of disciples you are supposed to produce. I have my doubts. And as I was waiting on God, the Lord said to me, there are many reasons why we are not making disciples. And I said, Lord, really? Like what? He took me to 2 Corinthians 4, verse 15 to 16. Let's turn to our Bibles and do not be... Tired of turning to your Bibles. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Are you there? Some of you, you know where to find everything. Fufu at bush canteen. These shoes are here, but you don't know where to find the word of God. The word of God is the most important thing in your life. Amen. The sisters, you know where to find mascara. These things that they don't enhance your beauty too. Amen. But if you will learn to find and to know and to meditate on scripture, it will make such a difference in your life. Second Corinthians chapter 4, is that what I said? Okay. Are you there? Yes. First Corinthians chapter 4 verse 15. For though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have you ye not many fathers, for in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Amen. In Christ Jesus I have begotten you. Now let me ask you Paul was saying, In Christ Jesus I have begotten you. What about you? Have you given birth to anybody? Amen. What have you produced in your work with God? You say you are a Christian. Is there anybody you can point to on campus that I have begotten you in the gospel? Some of us, we are godfathers of sin. Godmothers of sin. We teach people. This is how to fornicate. This is how to be gay. This is how to tell lies to the girls. You have begotten people in sin. How about begotten people, begetting people in the gospel? Is there anybody you can point to in your life? That this person I brought to Christ. This person I nurtured in the things of God. This person I introduced Jesus Christ to. Most of us don't have any such thing in our lives. We are just used to church activities. Activities. Busy, busy, busy. When I was a, a girl growing up, my mother used to work us very hard. Cut onions. Bake meat pies. Make cakes. Do this. Today I'm grateful for it. But when I was growing up, I was not grateful for it. And... As we walked up and down in the morning, she would say, come. And then I'm her empty, busy. And some of us in the church, empty, busy. You are busy, but no results. You sing, you shout, you jump, but you don't have any disciple. In Christ Jesus, I have begotten you. I thank God that by the grace of God, I can point to people and say, in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you in the gospel. In Christ Jesus, I nurtured you in the gospel. And some of the people even, sometimes I'm on a bus riding or I'm at an airport. Many years ago, I was a student in Lagon, They closed down the universities. And my husband said, why don't you start a fellowship in the area where you live, in Takrade? We did. And we started to go on broadcast. This is a very quiet residential area, Beach Road, where the people feel very good. And you would think that nobody would give their lives to Christ. But so many people gave their lives to Christ, and we kept ourselves busy by just following them up, bringing them to Christ, and it, it brings such fulfillment, you know? And many years gone, some of the converts, I don't even know them. But as I sit at airports, I walk along the road, or I'm in a bus, somebody comes to me and says, oh, in 1983, you preached, and I gave my life to Christ, and today, I'm a lady pastor." Today, I'm in this ministry. Today, I'm doing this for God. In the gospel, I have begotten you. What about you? What have you begotten apart from sin? Giving your friends bad advice. You are a godfather, godmother of sin. Godmother of bad advice. Let's go here. When we go to this man, he will say this. When you see him smile, then the money will come. And then you you see, nurturing people in the wrong things. How about if you change it and begin yourself to know God? And after you've known God, to bring forth fruit in your own season and in your own image. Amen. Now, as as I was saying, as I waited on God, I was asking God, why are we not bringing forth fruit? And the Lord said, because there are many reasons. One of the reasons is we haven't received like precious faith. Our faith is not precious to us. Peter says in 2 Peter 1 verse 1 that we have received like precious faith. The same faith which is precious. It was precious before and we have received that. But the Christians of today, so-called professing Christians, do we think that our faith is precious? We don't. We think that other things are precious but our faith is not precious to us. And that is why Islam and other religions are the fastest growing religions in the world today. It may not be the largest, but it's the fastest growing. Why? Because they deem their faith very precious. And they are prepared to die for what they believe. They are prepared to do suicide bombing for what they believe. You, you say you believe. But even to wake up and come to church this morning. Ayeka. And even when we are coming to the house of God, it's as if we we need a crane to pull us. We are coming like this. But when they say jam or they say a pie, there's food. Look at your zeal. If you want to know where your heart is, look at your reactions towards things. It will show you where your heart is. When you are going to a party or you want a new dress, it's beyond that gutter, beyond that smelly uh, kiosk, but you will go with zeal. But when it comes to the things of God, a, you know, we have a certain attitude to the things of God. And why do we have that attitude? Because our faith is not precious to us. There are other things that are precious to you. Unfortunately, all those things are ephemeral, temporary, and passing. Even your husband is passing. Your wife is passing. The only thing that lasts forever is our God and his word. Hallelujah. Amen. But you have put all your zeal into that relationship with that foolish boy. He's always telling you lies. But that thing is more precious to you than a relationship with Jesus Christ. That thing is more precious to you than making disciples or doing what he asked you to do. That thing is more precious to you than your faith God loved you and gave his life for you. That foolish Peter, he does not even give his time to you, let alone his life. And yet you sacrifice everything for him. And your faith lies fallow, Lies redundant, achieving nothing. Like precious faith. I will say my faith is very precious to me. It has seen me through many dark days. It has given me strength for so many things. And when you think something is precious... You guard it. When you think something is precious, and even when you are giving it to somebody, you, it's so precious. You say, "You know, I just want to share this precious thing with you, with you. This precious faith. This great faith that is greater than gold. But because your faith is not precious to you, you cannot also make disciples. Amen. The second reason why we are not making disciples is because we are embarrassed about our faith. Sometimes, you know, when I first got born again in Wesley Girls, I wanted a small Bible so that when I'm going for the meeting, nobody will see the Bible. Because when it's big, they'll say, eh, are you SU? So you are eh? so you are... But I was then a young Christian. But as I grew up in the things of God, I even wanted a big Bible, a shiny Bible that tells everybody that I am for Jesus. Paul said in Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. for it is the power of God unto salvation to every man that believeth. Amen. He is not ashamed. But you are ashamed. And you are ashamed because you are a very lukewarm Christian. So you feel that if you say, oh, I'm, or I'm very serious about God. Or you show that you are very serious. Then now people will be looking at you and saying, ah. If you are a why are you doing this? If you are a and you don't want that. So you want to be a lukewarm, acceptable, liked by everyone, Christian. Jesus said, Woe to you when all men speak well of you. When everybody says, Oh, you are so nice. You are so great. You are, there's something wrong with you. Because all men didn't like Jesus. How come you, all men, like you? Are you a politician? Amen? Paul says, I'm not ashamed. The world should be ashamed of certain things. Go and look, I am told, pornographic sites with Legon students open, doing all sorts of things. They have put it on the internet, They say my name is this. These are the styles I can do. I can do this and that and that. And they are not shy. How much more the everlasting gospel, the life-changing gospel, the gospel that can even save Madras? We are ashamed going into international circles, they are doing gay pride parades. Gay pride, pride. They are proud to be whatever they are. And then we sit here ashamed of the gospel. The gospel that can make saints out of sinners. The gospel that can change the lives of even murderers like Paul. That Paul was say, was, was say that, I was a murderer and injurious, but God had mercy on me. And we are ashamed. You are ashamed because... If you say you are crazy, you will lose your relationship with that girl. Hey, that girl is not worth following. If you have to replace her with Jesus, we are ashamed to come and say, come and taste of this life that I have found. The woman at the well, she had messed up her life. But just one encounter with Jesus, she went back into the city. And the Bible says she brought all the men of the city to Jesus. Something Jesus had not been able to do yet. Just a conversion of one woman brought all the men. By the way, not the women. Her her usual place of operation was the men's territory. So she brought all the men to Jesus. I am not ashamed of the gospel. It's because of so-called shame. We we, we, We are not confident to stand with God. We are not confident to raise up our hands and be counted. We are not confident to stand and say, yes, I believe in Jesus and I'm going all out. And I'm not ashamed. We don't have such Christians. Therefore, we can't even make disciples. God help us. Jesus said, if you are shy of me or you deny me, I will also deny you before the angels. If you are shy of me. We are not shy of even sin. When I was here, people used to ennarrow their roommates. Do you still use the word enarrowing? And narrowed their roommates so that some people can come and sleep in their rooms. You are not ashamed. One day I woke up at dawn feeling very sleepy, stumbling to the bathroom. When I went, I saw a man with a big pot belly using the loo. I was so shocked, I thought I was dreaming. And in my inner side, I just went, "Oh!" And I went to my room and banged the door. The man looked startled. It's like, ah, what's the big deal? He was not ashamed. But you are ashamed. You are ashamed to stand for Christ. You are ashamed to make disciples. You are ashamed to go and knock on somebody's door. And the person will say, oh, I don't want to know about Christ. At least you've done your part. But you will be surprised. Many people are just waiting for us to go and bring the life-changing gospel. You see, when I see people becoming all sorts of things, for me, That is just um, proof of the existence of a problem. You see, when I see all the Lagon people who indulge in all sorts of things, some of you sisters, in the night you are prostitutes, in the daytime you are students, amen? And uh, when I see all that, I don't really see their action. What the Lord always leads me to see is what is making them behave this way? And what is making them behave that way is they are looking for acceptance, not just money. They are looking for acceptance, so that when somebody wears shoes, they also wear. When somebody has this bag, they also have. When somebody, all that is a need for acceptance, a need for something. They are looking for fulfillment. They are look, that's why the woman at the well, she had had five husbands and still counting. So it's not the husband she had, but what made her go through five marriages. She was looking for something that didn't exist. Amen. And so are you, many of us, looking for things that are a mirage. So for me, it just stirs up compassion. And I, I, I want to reach them. When we were here, we did dumb broadcast in every single hall. And there are people standing today, some of whom are pastors, not only in Ghana, but all over the world, who gave their lives to Christ at that time. What was the reason? Because we were not ashamed and we went. One day we went for Dawn Broadcast at Volta uh, Hall. My husband was the president of that fellowship. And we decided that we've been having Dawn Broadcasts and they are taking us for granted. So we'll now call the room numbers and call the people out to give their lives to Christ. So we we'll say, L19, wake up, wake up and give your lives to Christ, you know. So as we had shared everything, so as the preacher was going on, then some people would say, L21. L21, you may be fornicated now, but God is calling you. Hey, all of it was true. We didn't know. Another place, L12, you may be a bookworm, but God is saying that he comes before It was all true. The next day, can you imagine the uproar in Volta Hall? It wasn't easy. And I was thinking, wow, my husband would not be able to come to this hall today, but he came fully. And every time he entered Volta Hall, from the porter's lodge he would just be speaking in tongues hey ka ba 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 mendala baba hey and the one of the people say, say hello brother Doug, say, hello i'm blood bot i'm demon casting and i'm going to heaven hey he was not ashamed of the gospel he was so bold and that is one of the key things that attracted me to him <laughs> Amen, somebody Initially, I used to think, ah, but this guy, he's a bit overboard. Just hello to Kebala Amashan. Why? You can't say. But I realized that I, myself, at that stage, was too cool about my Christianity. You know, and he was very open. And because he said, that, ah, sinners are doing all sorts of things. In Volta Hall, I used to meet some of my family friends, grown-ups, my parents' age. And they are coming to chase girls in Volta Hall. When I see them and I greet them, oh, Uncle C.C., good morning. They look at me as if they don't know me. <laughs> then when I see them at home, they talk to me as if they know me. You know? And they were not all ashamed. Why should we be ashamed of the gospel? Amen. Another reason why we are not making disciples or preaching the word of God is we have prioritized as a church, I mean the body of Christ, The world's work for our financial management, education, health, and we have left evangelism undone. Amen. Nobody has been tasked with the Great Commission except the Church of God. Other people have been tasked with other things. The Ministry of Water Resources is doing water, Ministry of Education is doing education, Ministry of Social Welfare and Labor. They are doing social welfare and labor. Ministry of Finance is doing finance and all that. But the church has gone to take on the work of Ministry of Finance, Ministry of Education, and Ministry of Water Resources. I am not saying they are not important, but that is not the primary work of the church. Amen? Jesus said this gospel shall first be published. We need to go back to what is first. When we leave and we start to te- I open my mouth. What do I have to say? <laughs> Lady <laughs> Reverend, I don't have anything to
3: say. <laughs> but
2: all of us will have nothing to say if it were not for the Bible. So it's not like we have some great things to say. Thank God for his word.
3: <laughs> and
2: some of you, you look at yourself and say, I don't come from a good background.
3: Like how
2: when God called Gideon and said, "Oh, my tribe is the least, and in the least tribe also I'm the least of the families inside the tribe."
3: Ebrá o n'yang kupa ofre Gideon o asinde. Well, Israel busya okumo no inyana Yesar na iba deme busya okumo sa me 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 papa ne busya inyana Yesar. But God is not calling you based on your background. He's, He's calling, calling you based
2: on his purpose. So the woman
3: could have said, Hey.
2: People who have money are doing dinner. They say dress is smart casual.
3: Dress code. Smart casual.
2: And me, the casual, I'm smart casual.
3: And the guest
2: of honor
3: is Jesus Christ.
2: Now me, even in this town, they didn't even invite me because I'm a father. Amen. Amen. And then how can I go when I get to the gate? Jesus, the guest of honor. No, I invitation card. When you look at all these things, you say, you know what? Let my alabaster stay with me in my room. But Jesus had to be anointed before his burial.
3: And sometimes
2: the things you miss out on doing subtracts for the kingdom of God, but you will never know.
3: The Bible says in
2: Philippians
3: 1.6 we are accepted in the beloved.
2: Hallelujah. Amen. And we are accepted. Not because of our background, not because of our family, not because we are educated, not because we are not educated, not because we have money, but because Jesus paid the price so that we could be accepted.
3: Amen. And that's one of the reasons why I love the song. I know who I am. I know who I Because
2: a lot of us don't
3: know who we are. We are
2: who society says we are.
3: You are
2: who the university says
3: you are we are who your husband says you are we are who your beloved says you are the popular people when they say who you are that is how you cast your image but there's a need
2: for a change
3: we need
2: to go back to the perfect law of liberty
3: the mirror of his word And we need to look into the mirror and say, "Oh
2: wow, I am the bride of Christ."
3: He rejoices over me with singing And he has paid
2: a precious price. Mm. Therefore, I am making a beeline for Jesus. <laughs> Therefore, I am going directly to Jesus. It's a miracle. Yes, in will <laughs> Clap for my interpreter. <laughs> Amen. Amen. The woman with the alabaster box. The Did not allow her past to define her. In the in the Bible, even when people are even delivered or cured from something, we never change their names. Blind Bartimaeus was healed of his blindness, but we call him Blind Bartimaeus.
3: the
2: prodigal son came home but up to today we call him the prodigal
3: son the
2: woman with the issue of blood her fountain dried up but we still say to her you have
3: issues
2: how can you let man define you Even though you have come home as a prodigal son, they never forgot that you went. And the title they use for your story is the prodigal son. But for the
3: father, you are the son who came home. We have
2: to fight we see ourselves the way God sees us hallelujah amen and that brings us back to the word of God there's no other way the final trouble that is thrown at us we are misled by covetousness covetousness not being content with what we have
3: yeah yeah Luke 12, verse 15.
2: Luke 12, verse 15. And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. osanda I have learned to take heed to the things God tells me. And not to say, oh, how? I mean, this one is not an issue for me. So far as God says, take heed and beware. It is worth
3: obeying. We
2: can be so troubled with covetousness that we never become what God wants
3: us to be.
2: Sometimes God tells you to do something, like the woman with the alabaster box. And you begin to say, Oh, but that's all I have. Look at this Simon the Pharisee. He has so much money. He has even held a party. What about me? Why is God taking this from me? And they, comparing themselves with themselves.
3: Are not wise. Hallelujah. Amen. So sometimes
2: and often God tells us to do things
3: personally.
2: And then we start to look for people to either do it with, compare with, and in the
3: end, we don't do it.
2: Many times, when I have to go for a meeting, I'll be telling God, but God, eh, what do I have to, to say? What do I have to add to all the great things that are happening around me? It cannot be that the little I have to say is something you can use.
3: Sometimes, some time ago, I
2: used to think, whenever I was invited outside the country, I would say, Oh, but why are they asking me to come all the way? When I reach there, what will I say? What is it that I should take that long journey to go and tell them what that they don't know already?
3: Yeah. and I feel that, oh, so many great anointings
2: have passed through this church. What am I going to also add?
3: I mean, say, but from am i going to am i i
2: God told me, like Gideon, that go in this thy might. Whatever it is that you have, whatever it is that I have given you, just go in this your might and just do as
3: he has called you to do. The things that
2: I'm preaching to you are things that I have had to preach to myself first.
3: Because sometimes
2: when you want to do something, a lot of talking, a lot of, say, hey. And if you
3: are like me, it's okay. But I see
2: that God has a purpose. And therefore, when you don't do what He has called you to do, It it subtracts
3: and it takes something away.
2: Many times the church has um, events and it hosts
3: guests. When the
2: church was starting, it couldn't afford a hotel. So they always brought the people to my home. I told some of the missionary wives at the missionary wives school
3: you be there. That
2: when I was young, like you, or even younger, every guest slept in my house. It didn't matter if the guest was Swiss, Zimbabwean, English, Ghanaian, tree, whatever, the guest slept in my house because. The church could not afford to pay
3: hotel bills. And I used to think, "Ah,
2: this great man of God is coming to sleep in this my humble house.
3: What will I do?
2: But the Holy Spirit encouraged me and told me, just do your best. The best
3: you know how to do, and God will bless it. And
2: now, when I look back, I'm surprised at the number of people who passed through my
3: home. When the
2: church started to host its guests in hotels, now they'll come to the church during the
3: program. See, what about
2: And I thought to myself, when they come, should they just be sitting there like that? I think we should have some tea time. We should have some lunch. We should have some breaking bread. Nobody sent me. Maybe only God.
3: Me, me, me so What about mara? Another TB yeah, 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 another. Is
2: and then I thought to myself, ah, people have big, big, big anointings. They are coming to preach, lay hands, preach on you to your small protocol. You say you are going where? To do
3: what? But the, I'm sure that
2: the Holy Spirit comforted me and said that. You do your part, you will be surprised that it
3: may make a difference. And
2: so I started little
3: by little. And
2: nowadays, we have to host big conferences
3: like
2: ISI. And last year, my husband told me, You see, the isi all the great board members will come the first sentence when they get back and they are writing they right dear bishop we have arrived safely whatever they have arrived and then the first sentence thank you for your wonderful reception and protocol we will never forget that
3: wow and she, so, uh, I- bishop catch up though i hope i what about what we are going to be bishop you able to ask me jimu yeah the last wow we are strong qua
2: he said it seems protocol sets the tone for so many things
3: also i am there i want you to know omni is
2: he said the first sentence is not Oh, how great was the anointing. How great was the word. The first sentence is, How great was the reception. And how great was the protocol.
3: What if I had not done
2: that little part?
3: That
2: doesn't look so powerful.
3: That
2: is not on stage. But maybe
3: my alabaster box <laughs> that
2: I can bring to
3: the master <laughs> to serve him. <laughs> that which troubles women. <laughs>
2: Instead of looking on our path and walking, we say, Why am I not a bishop? Why am I not a reverend? Why am I not. We compare ourselves and therefore never become what we have to become if the woman had compared herself to judas because she'll see him as a disciple she said that hey he works with jesus every day me i'm bringing my alabaster box who am i what's my standing what's my position not knowing judas is a problematic disciple who is a thief only god is the right judge wow
3: to so no Judas God asked Moses, what is that you have in your
2: hand?
3: Moses said a rod. Moses said, I mean most
2: of us don't even respect a rod, but when God touches it, it becomes a useful tool in his hands.
3: Whatever giftings
2: you have, don't compare with somebody, because when you compare, you become covetous. You will forget about your call. Whatever you have will be diminished in your sight. You will say, oh, I only have a rod. I only have a wicker basket like Moses' mother. I don't have much. But you're little. It may be five loaves and two fish. But when the master touches it, it can feed. She occupies herself with useful things. Some of you, you don't have anything apart from work. Church, you just mark the register and
3: then you are gone. You should thank
2: God for a church where you are given opportunity
3: to work for God. It
2: delivers you from mental hospital,
3: it
2: delivers
3: you from depression. Depression.
2: <laughs> it
3: delivers
2: you from unnecessary quarrels. It delivers you from unrealistic expectations from your marriage and
3: relationship. Because you
2: also know Jesus personally for yourself.
3: Some
2: of you, the only God you know is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But as for
3: Jacob
2: you personally,
3: you don't have a God. But it's
2: time to have
3: a God. You can be a fulfilled woman. And even when
2: you haven't been called for 30 days,
3: (laughs) you
2: know how to go to the throne room of grace.
3: (laughs) The
2: Bible doesn't say in Hebrews 4, 16, that let us come boldly unto the throne room of grace that we may find mercy and grace to help. It also adds in time of need. Why? Because there will be many times of need. Many
3: Bible and Kade, Yambra Adoma na Gueneumu, Yambeya Adom, Nemo Oswal, Ebra, oh Yamu, what they hear Yambra. And grace
2: to help
3: in time of need, Nayabaya Adom, Aboboya, what they hear And
2: grace to help in time of
3: need, Nayabaya Adom, Abobo, what they hear
2: In the times of need in our lives, there is grace. There
3: is
2: mercy. But it can only be found at the throne of grace. Not anywhere else.
3: And in
2: your life,
3: there's no throne. You
2: don't even know where to find the throne of grace.
3: Prayer
2: is not part of your
3: life.
2: Tonight, as the troubles come to
3: a woman,
2: receive grace to help in time of
3: need.
2: Grace can come in the form of a solution.
3: You
2: see, sometimes some women come to me, I tell them, this is your problem, eh? It's like being married to a -a 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 pharaoh. Moses went several times. Only a miracle
3: can save you. Pharaoh is a man who has a very hard heart. And does
2: not
3: yield to anything. I
2: say to the wives, just pray that there will be no plagues. But you need miracles.
3: Sometimes it may not
2: be even general hardness, but in a certain area, unyieldedness, hardness, and for a wife, a world that does not give in when you think it should can be very frustrating.
3: He just doesn't see it
2: your way. And then you are also saying, except this door opens, I will never be
3: happy.
2: But you can be happy even if that door remains
3: closed. Because the
2: source of your happiness is not the openness to that door, but it is something greater
3: than that. That
2: which troubles women.
3: Thank God that in Christ Jesus we have the answer. And
2: I pray that you will take these nuggets
3: and run with them.
2: No matter how young you are, you can start cultivating some of these things in your
3: life. The
2: interesting thing is about marriage is that after you've been married for so many years you look back and you realize that there were many things you could have lived without and still be happy.
3: And sometimes, when
2: you even think about some of the beasts. You see that they were very, very unnecessary and that you didn't need to force so much.
3: So when younger wives come to me and then they
2: are very, mommy, he did this. Can you imagine? Oh, it's nothing. You. you'll be okay. Oh, but mommy, it's you. very hard. I won't be okay. You will be okay. Kwa. Look, if you like, mark it here. Huh? When you come back next year, you tell me that. Mommy, no, I'm I am quite will be waiting for you.
3: And since say mbaena wa ba mencha no wa ka o wa na fine be you fine
2: because sometimes the problem may not change but you yourself mature the bibebele no e hawo no ensa but all one ca i didn't say sometimes <laughs>
3: amen
2: amen stand to your feet
3: so <laughs> you
2: my interpreter says thank you jesus <laughs> I just want you to talk to God. help me. You know the song. lift my,
4: my head.
2: Thou, O oh Lord, art a shield about me. Thou, yeah, O oh
4: Lord, mm, art a shield, a shield about me. You're my glory. You are the lifetime.
2: talk to God. I don't know which part of the message God is ministering to you on but you know and you want to talk to God. Some of you think you are in some intractable situations but you want to believe God that as you come to the throne of grace and you leave your burdens there God himself will fight for you. There are certain battles you are not supposed to fight. It's God who is supposed to fight those battles for you. Pray that in spite of all that troubles women, you will keep on track. You will not deviate. You will not be distracted. You will not be ve- veered out of your path by offense, by hate, by bitterness, by experiences. But that you will keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Talk to God. Give us a song. Oh, Jesus, thank you. I pray that that which troubles women will not swallow us up. I pray that that which troubles women will not cause us to derail in our walk with you. I pray that that which destroys our destinies and our calls, Lord, will not have the upper hand in our lives. Tonight, we pull down every stronghold of the enemy. We pull down things that are arrayed against people that might respond to your call and to the things that we must bring to the feet of the master. Thank you for a change. Thank you for a new beginning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I
4: need thee every I need thee every hour. Most great.
2: Upon him. It's not easy, but we need him.
4: It's not easy, that's why we need him. He's whispering peace.